right, Chaz, welcome back to Beatrix. Dude, back from Hades. Back. Singed. Up and eyebrows. back. Up straight into the pit of hell. Straight to where there is much wailing and gnashing of teeth. And gnashing. Back out. Wow. Unscathed. How did you escape? Oof, it was rough. It was a rough escape. Escape from Lamore. You yeah. look you look worse for the wear. I, I totally do. That could I? just be because of the not drinking. No, it's that. It's a combo. But the uh, I have to I have to admit, Sir French forced me to drink again. I, I couldn't do that without drinking. I mean, just at the end. I stayed sober all day. So of sober September, we're 20 days in. Yeah. How many days have you consumed alcohol? I've fallen off the camel, say, five five times. Okay. So, so 15 days clean. 15 days clean. But that's, I mean, for me, that's like very good. And we still got Non-consecutive days, days yeah. though. Non, yeah, it's not my Dale Webster streak. Right. Not like this podcast here. Four in a row, David Lee. That's true. Dale Webster's of podcasting. Do you know how long we've been doing this for? I'm going to say two and a half years. Yeah. That's excellent, actually. Oh. <laughs> I think it was, um, I looked it up this morning. It was um, June 2017. Isn't that crazy? Just a little. It is wild. Yep. A long time. time. Yeah. We've taken breaks, obviously. But um, All right. We owe a huge thanks to Album Surfboards for hosting us today. Best surf shop in the world. It really is. Yeah. Um, they Matt gave me a loner board last time I was here. Did you love it? Dude, loved it. Was that, the, was that your first album? No. I bought an album. Um, I mean, I, he loaned me an asymmetrical board years ago. And then uh, I bought one to ride at Surf Ranch, actually. Oh. Incidentally, I mean, that's perfect yeah. for today's conversation. I, I, I forgot that you took a album up there. Yeah, it was just a standard high-performance shortboard thruster. It wasn't anything, um, wasn't asymmetrical or anything. And I surfed really poorly on it. Like, Ooh. I surfed it a few times before going to Surf Ranch, and I liked the board. And then had a horrible experience at Surf Ranch just due to my own failure uh, nervousness mainly. And so I put the board on ice. It was like, I came home and was just kind of like, put it in the spare bedroom and never really looked at it again. Did it just sit there mocking you? Pretty much. And all of shortboards started mocking me. Like that's when I started writing like more volume, smaller, you know, fish or whatever, mid, not mid lengths yet, but eventually mid lengths. And then, um, took that exact board down to Costa Rica this year and loved it the album shortboard like that was my go-to board on that trip we had good waves so it's easier to ride when the waves are good so surf ranch's fault yeah it is surf ranch's fault yeah I think well the board's it. fault wasn't your fault surf ranch's fault i've got lots more to come on everything that's surf ranch's fault um what do you got so what were you even doing in lamore it was it for the contest no we we have a thing did derek talk about our thing with he referenced it. Okay. Yeah, we got a thing working. I, don't, I can't remember how much I'm supposed to talk about it or not, or if it's supposed to be uh, a secret release. But yeah, everybody will see in October. I think it's getting dropped. So. And yeah. this is on Beach Grit. It will be on Beach Grit, but it'll be everywhere. It's a okay. bigger. It's a bigger project. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That leaves a lot to the uh, imagination. Uh, yeah. It's exciting. Okay. An exciting project. Um, well, I've got something exciting, Chaz, for I saw you. you. I saw you come in with these boxes. Did you see my face, how I purposefully have not shaven for the week? I No, I did not. See? I noticed your stash. I mean, you've been working the stash now for a while. I do. I, I, I have the stash for a while, but I let the rest go. I mean, usually I'm, I'm not too kempt, but I've gotten extra unkempt just for this right here, for this moment. All right. Well, it's a big reveal if I can get these boxes open. I'm 
I'm so excited. All right, Chaz. Here I'm at we the go. Of my seat. Here we go. You ready for it? Yes. New sponsor to the show. Boom. Boom. What do you got there? I've got the Manscaped Lawnmower 2.0. The lawnmower. The lawnmower. Amazing. Is this for... Does this get me down to Gabriel Medina length? Or is this just for a like nice stubbly bear? I'm glad that you asked. The lawnmower does a lot of the heavy lifting. Okay. It's got a wide track, so you can clear a lot of lawn. Yep. And it's completely safe. Like, it's got all these safety guards and stuff. So, in areas that you would really, really be concerned about getting nicked, it is completely safe. So, the lawnmower does the heavy lifting. But if you want to bring it down to Gabriel Medina's bare body length. Oh, wow. This is an epic safety razor. This is like a what proper heavy. It's the Plow 2.0. This is so yeah, the lawnmower and then the Plow. Yeah, epic. So these are the two tools in my manscaping shed. Oh, you got a lot more tools in here. Go ahead and take oh, a look. Oh wow, this is just this is just a full on bounty. This uh, is a bounty. Oh, do I have a do I have a belt carrier to carry my other oh, shears? Oh wow, it's a little bit of everything in there. You got uh, tweezers. I didn't know manscaping. Clippers. I didn't know manscaping was so. Had so much stuff involved. Cologne. Oh my goodness. Lotions. Manscaped. So manscaped.com is this podcast new sponsor or sponsor of this show. They heard about your mustache. They saw an image of it online and they were like, dude, that thing needs some help. It does. I've been, uh, for those who don't have the privilege of seeing my face, uh, I usually, when I, anytime I'm doing a movie, anytime I'm doing a movie, the two times I've done a movie. I've grown in the process of doing that movie what I called the director's mustache, the, like the 1940s little pencil mustache. Mm. Uh, just because I thought that's, you know, directing movies, I have to look like a movie director now. And in my mind, all movie directors have pencil mustaches. Uh, and then I would always shave it off after I was finished with the movie. So who is J.O.B.? Right. Had it for, you know, however long I was working on it, then done. Uh, after the Lisa Anderson film, though, I've decided, ooh, maybe I'm just going to be a film director all the time, at least sartorially so i've kept it so that, i need i need the help even that shirt that whole look is film director a little bit yeah yeah a little bit um now here's the great thing though with you have grooming products for your mustache obviously i don't that's the problem well you can find those those are everywhere you can go on amazon you can find those but would you ever use your mustache grooming products below the belt never why it's gross right yeah, totally gross so manscaped.com designed all of these products with these safety features and all of that specifically below the belt for the below the belt so they're the number one in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels fantastic that's the tagline fantastic um but the lawnmower they introduced so they introduced their suite of products lawnmower Plow. We're now in the 2.0 phase. So the 2.0, better than ever. Proprietary skin safe technology that won't nick your nuts. Uh, It's waterproof entirely. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. Fantastic. Listeners get 20% off free shipping with the code surfing on manscaped.com. 20% off. The best part of this, I was thinking, you texted me this a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago, I should say, about the new potential sponsor of the show. And I thought, oh, hmm, hmm. And then I thought, wait, it is the DNA of the show. As we launched, I do believe two and a half years ago, uh, with don't wash your hair, right? And mm-hmm. I feel we've changed people's lives. I feel we've not only changed, changed people's lives with not washing hair, we have saved the environment more or less. I mean, just think the amount of 
shampoo and whatever's in shampoo and water that's no longer being wasted while men stop washing their hairs. And I think today is even today is a strike. I think it's a kid's strike, right? Yeah. Today is a strike for the environment. Yeah. Where we put our money where our mouth was there. We actually saved the environment, David Lee Scales. Dude, people complain about reef safe um, sunblock. What about all the shampoo that ends up in the ocean? That's what I'm talking about. Completely. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Wow. We are environmentalists. That's what we are. And so it's perfect that manscaping comes on Environmental Day. Absolutely. Uh, so do you manscape or have you ever? Never. Wow, dude. You? Heck yes. You know, so this is great though. So I Oh get, my gosh, this is so perfect. So I get to experiment in the manscaping. So that's the challenge is manscape and when we reconvene, when I get back from Europe, give a, give us a full report on the virtues of manscaping. Fantastic. I'm excited. Yeah. And you came into manscaping at the right time because if you had gotten into it five years ago, you would have been struggling to do all the work that you need to do. Is it hard to manscape? Heck yeah, dude. Think about all the curves and contours and uh, weird skin types. Like, totally. Like your leg is different than your family jewels. Sure. You know? So it requires different tools. So these products, it's like you can shave with impunity. Wow. And not have to worry about any danger. Excited. And it changes your life, man. It makes okay. everything better. Really? Yeah. Changes. Dude, in a weird way, even parts of your body that aren't involved in the act itself feel better when they're scaped. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sex is better is what I'm saying. I'm excited. Yeah. 100%. Wow. We're going to change lives again. I know. That's first, what we do here. First, we save the environment, and now we're changing lives. That's what we do here. Amazing. And by the way, the idea with sponsors is like things that listeners want are already buying or want. Sure. At a discount. Sure, 20%. 20, 20% off. Can't beat it. Good Use deal. promo code SURFING at manscaped.com. Speaking of surfing and manscaping, yeah. Gabriel Medina at the pool. Where what, are we going to start? What would you think? I mean, Gabe's performance was... I mean, are we going to start in general? Sure. Okay, so... Every oh, li- let's start with saying we're going to live commentary. Okay, yes. Right so, at the top of the show, we need to say that. So tomorrow is Saturday, finals day. David Lee and I have been kicking around, uh, obviously on air, doing live commentary, making fun and or poking fun and or criticizing the comment- commentators. And then it got to the point where, put your money where your mouth is, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's time for us to step in front of the mics. Uh, so we're going to do it tomorrow. The contest, I do believe, starts at 8. I believe that our live commentary will start at 10. So... Yeah. And this is a beta live commentary. We're kicking the tires here, taking it out for a spin just to see even if we can do it. I think David Lee, looking at David Lee, I think he's feeling a little bit of trepidation. Yes. That we'll fail. We'll fall on our faces. We'll embarrass ourselves. We'll realize that it's impossible. Right? Yep. I think that's a very, I don't think that's a real possibility at all, to be honest. Uh, I think we're going to crush it, uh, which is rude. But even if we fail, even if we fail... Uh, it'll be lessons learned, right? Yeah. We will know how it feels to be the w- WSL commentators. We'll maybe be, we will have walked a mile in their shoes at least, right? Totally. But I think I think we're going to absolutely crush it because I called once, I think I've written about it a couple times, uh, the, I'm just going to say it now, the worst surf contest that ever has been put on. I mean, it was a great, fun surf contest, but it was a girls two-star, I think, oh my in God. France oh with... My with ankle high waves there was honest to goodness no waves and it was three or four days uh and i was in the booth uh, 10 to 12 hours a day calling people i had no idea who they were right i mean it was a two star so yeah sylviana whatever lima was there and the joanne de they had some stars 
but most of the field I had never heard of before. No idea. Imagine, imagine calling two star girls in two ankle wave or ankle slapping waves. Was it on the internet or just live beach commentary? Uh, no, on the internet. What? And probably like eight people listened, right? Because yeah. it was. But so all to say, all to say, I've done this. Did they fly you out to do that? Oh yeah, I got paid. Crazy. Oh, I wasn't WSL, or it was like right at the borderline WSL ASP. Uh, ASP like the AS uh, the WSL crew Zozi or whatever had already bought it. Okay. So it was a Zozi thing, but they hadn't changed the name yet. But it wasn't Zozi who flew me out. It was the wonderful, the magnetic Brody Carr. So Brody. Okay. Brody uh, was doing a deal with, or did had a deal with Swatch. So Swatch was the presenting sponsor of the event, and Brody just wanted me to come out. I was, I think, I was supposed to do beach commentary. I was supposed to be the Strider, uh, but I forced my way into the booth and just refused right. to leave because beach commentary was so awful. Yeah. So yeah, I kicked the other guy down to the beach, and me and Paul Evans sat and just got absolutely wasted. Or I did. I yeah. won't. I won't throw Paul under that bus. Uh, and I was invited never to call another surf contest again so I, I feel that it was really good if that was the end result well so you're experienced i'm experienced i've done it's it. not your first pirate well it's your first pirate stream my first pirate stream do, do we have a name for it yet <clears throat> dude we're trying hard and i even asked listeners to chime in on instagram well, did you get any no yeah people gave me terrible i think i think because we were calling it the rebel i asked Derek riley what we should call it he said pirate the pirate stream where nothing is really clicked yet so if anybody has any good ideas for what this should be called and again it's perfect. We're all going to beta test this together. Right. The We're listeners, together sure. you, me, Derek, call-in guests, everyone's going to beta test this new alternative stream, audio stream. And to be to be honest, we've never needed it more. Did you? Oh, again, yeah. I'm sorry. Back to Surf Ranch. Yesterday's commentary was the wall of positive noise. Has, I don't know how they can add more bricks to the top of that thing, but they continually... Yeah get more and more positive and more and more meaningless. Even the ones who have something to say now, like Ronnie and Rosie yesterday, both of them were living in some parallel universe, watching something that I had had no idea what they were talking about, right? Like tubes were spitting. Not one of those tubes spit. The that was Joe Pertel's go, Terpel's go-to. The tube the, comes out with the spit or yeah. comes out after the spit. Not one of those tubes spits. Yeah. Like, Physically, they do not. Yeah. Everybody on Earth can see they don't. The my favorite one I wrote about today was it was Ronnie and the crowd is building. Uh, so I had to text. So did you hear that one? He said it twice. Uh, I think Terpel said it too. Crowd is building with excitement. I texted somebody at the WSL and I said I don't think the boys in the booth uh, know that today is not open for uh, for the public. Right. Uh, maybe kick that information upstairs. I got the question mark in response. And then I responded again. Yeah, they keep talking about the building crowd size. Uh, and then there was an, oh, that's a mistake. And then they never said it again. So then I felt really mad that I, that I corrected them. I should have just let them go in their parallel fantasy. That's insane. Isn't that insane? But tube spinning, yeah. there was uh, super deep barrel rides, which yeah. I guess there were deep. But the way they were talking Joanne about... Joanne by the way, got the best one. Sure, totally. Yeah. She did. She did. Uh, but they were talking about both how the barrel is no longer scoring and then also ooing and aahing when guys got barreled. Right. I mean, it was the entire thing. <clears throat> it was an absurdist fantasy, a Kafka-esque display. Yeah. Uh, I mean, seriously, uh, that's the level it, it came to yesterday where at point, I mean, 
I watched Riveted, to be honest, because it was so absurd. It was absurdist theater. Just to listen. The listening is more entertaining than the watching. The entire thing. Yeah, I yeah, was the ca- spectacle. I was captivated by the spectacle. Of this, Interesting. Of this empty cow field. Nobody, again, nobody was invited. It wasn't open to the public. Yeah. So it was empty. Yeah. Uh, the announcer's voices echoing off the emptiness. So the yeah, broadcast, what you can hear today if you're yeah. watching, it echoes because nobody's there. So there's nothing to soak up the sound. And they're very clearly playing the announcing live right which i don't know why they need to do that because nobody's there why don't they just let it be quiet and or have a beach announcer that just says you know chloe andino in the water 6.3 whatever yeah. that's all they need but uh no so there it's weird echoey sound bouncing around yeah. and just honestly uh, i realized I, I had a sense of it when i was up in lamore that we're witnessing this is this is the end right here is. this is the end uh we've reached the tipping point and Rarely, I think, can you physically experience what the tipping point feels like when something collapses. This is it. Being in Lemoore, the amount of depression up there, the amount of, from all the pro surfers that I saw or talked to, that kind of sallowness in the face, the sort of dead eyes, people just slapping their foreheads, people who were tangentially uh, related to the league, who I've never heard, to the WSL, who I've never heard say a crossword about it just shaking their heads in disbelief at the disconnect between what is actually happening and what they're, or how they're presenting it. The way that it's packaged. It's amazing. They do, they've, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's almost like they have to, they did double down. They tripled down. They tripled down when they shouldn't have, when they should have pivoted away. I mean, we kind of knew this last year, but the novelty is completely worn off. Like I understood it to a certain degree last year, even though I advocated sure. against it being like on tour and stuff. But yeah, 100%, everything that you said is accurate at this point. The novelty of it has completely worn off. There's so much anticipation going into the event because of the way that they've advertised it and all that sort of stuff. And it could not have started with a bigger dud than watching Soli Bailey open the event and safety surf waves to, surprisingly, they gave him six-point rides. But the way that he surfed his first two opening waves and even his next couple of waves was the lamest surf ranch clips that I've seen in the last two years. I mean, the way they altered the wave, they made the wave so silly, where now, if you don't, if a surfer does not do a minimum of four foam climbs, right? uh, I mean, foam climb was the most consistent move that was happening. And they would call it. That was the amazing thing. They wouldn't say like, oh, okay, he's getting around the second or whatever. They'd say, ooh, and a beautiful foam climb. They were honestly commentating how fantastic it's like another great looking foam right. climb right so Wild. so that tepid opening of the event with Soli bailey right and the commentators doing exactly what you're saying it was joe turpel and Potts, i think in the booth at that time just fawning over like Amazing oh my god surfing. look at his style look at this and i'm thinking to myself your job as commentators is to represent what the viewer is seeing it's not to um fawn over the WSL's great work. It's just to really realistically call and then provide insight and commentary. Well, we are not impressed by this. Nobody that's watching this is impressed. And in fact, what you should be saying is, wow, Soli has really let us down. All of this anticipation coming off of Tahiti, going into this event is a real opportunity to show high performance surfing. I don't know why Soli surfed so safely and offered zero risk on every single maneuver that he tried. Soli needs to get his act together. That'd be a fair thing to say. When you watch UFC fights, 
And if it's like nobody's throwing haymakers or going for anything risky and it ends in a decision, Dana White immediately takes to Instagram, writes a paragraph long diatribe saying how he's never going to invite those fighters back to fight again. And that's fully acceptable. And everybody else who fights, all other UFC fighters, read that and go, oh crap, my job's on the line. I'm going to come in and swing for the fences. The dis- Again though, the disconnect yesterday, the disconnect from what was being said in the booth and what was being broadcast and all of it, right. from what everyone was seeing. There right. was not, it's, uh, you know, sometimes I stop myself and think, okay, obviously we're having fun and, you know, right. it's funny to make fun uh, and all this kind of stuff. But yesterday it wasn't about that. It was about... It was a purely different thing was happening than what was being talked about. Right. The what was I mean? So many wild things even to get to my like. So they changed the way of this year, right? I think they made it uh, supposed to, to be. It's supposed to be like the barrel was so boring last year. Sure. So then they're like, well, let's try to make sections that have coping that people could do turns off. Which the only problem really with that was the the only high performance section of the wave is at the very end. And so what they did is make guys burn their legs for 45 seconds and then try to huck something at the end. And guys who normally don't fall at all were falling left and right just because they were so exhausted by safety surfing a wave that that's more or less all it allowed for them. Uh, There was a couple who dialed it, right? Like Medina, Medina's surfed it so well that it's just, uh, and, and Long Tom, you know, even said it like it was... Medina, and then everyone else was a distant second. I mean, it's not even like he, there was anybody close to Medina on the... Uh, I mean, I didn't think, did you? No, no, you're 100% right. But my problem is that even Medina's best wave wasn't nearly as interesting as one of his waves in Chopu. Sure. At all. No. Or any wave that we're going to see him surf in France. Like, yes, it was light years better, and so we got a moment of excitement, but only by comparison to everybody else. An amazing show. So... Yes, you're right. Let's talk about the wave for a second. The the wave is the biggest culprit out of anything that's happening. The WSL kind of trying to force it down our throats is exciting, is the second culprit. But the wave, to me, is the biggest failure. They, It's not an interesting wave to watch at all. And what the, the adjustments that they made to it require everybody... like what. So good surfing is when you're kind of in harmony with the wave, whether it's a barreling wave or a small beach break wave, having the right equipment and kind of surfing it to the wave's rhythm and pace and all that sort of stuff. And what that wave mandates is that you cruise down the line like Michael February, just like pumping, do like a down carve occasionally. Well, it turns out that's not interesting competitive surfing. So you get these guys, you'll see guys loading up, Kanoe Garashi, Griffin Colapinto, they're loading up on the bottom with all of this spring in their step and they get to the lip, but the lip's not gonna let them blow the tail out. So then they like down carve, but they come down with a bunch of speed, go up to the next one, and then they down carve again. And then it's breaking in front, so they do the foam climb, and then they do the foam climb. And it's 45 seconds of this tension in their surfing where they're frenetically like waiting for the moment and they never get the moment. And then before you know it, the barrel's coming. So like, ah, I can't quite blow the tail off that because it's too much, it's too cupped out. So like, I'm just gonna, okay, I'll check stall and get in the barrel for a second. Then I'm gonna come out and do an air. But then they're either at the end where you said they're out of gas. There's like no actual section on the wave to do what you want what the surfers want to do well and what it's it's so frustrating to watch and and yeah i mean not only is there no section for that i mean yeah yeah you said it it's all the it's an entire thing of like unreleased potential Mm -hmm. 
And I think the the few that I, I mean, Gabriel Medina surfed it as good as it could be surfed, I think. Yes. And, and I liked Julian's, uh, one of Julian's waves too, Yeah. where he totally forewent the barrel and did an air right in front of it, which yeah. I have no idea. I would say I have no idea why people are talking in the barrel, except sometimes it's funny. It's a mechanical wave. So it theoretically does the same thing every time, but it doesn't also, right? It's, That's what's and, crazy. And so sometimes you just have to get barreled. That's the only way yeah. you're going to, you're going to beat that section that's the only thing you can do in that section is get barreled which i guess theoretically would say well yeah look come on it's like they're in tune with the wave but so julian's the reason why you like julian's wave is he didn't try to find flow on the wave he like kind of stood still waiting for a section exactly and then just aimed for it and punted on it whereas everybody else is like i'm gonna find my rhythm so that I could do the turns when the section comes, but it's like no, then you just end up doing eight turns on the wave. There was so many. You need to just pick a point, aim, and go. I mean, that's what it should be. I think is that there. There's like four different places to do an air or something. Because unlike the Waco pool, right? Like, right. I don't know how they can't just make it a better air wave where it's long. Awesome. Okay, so make four different air sections, right? So yeah. you load up, you hit it, load up, hit it, load up, hit it, load up, hit it. That would be kind of fun to watch, like in terms of you know both consistency. Like, can some guys stick multiple airs and variation of air? Yeah. So Gabriel, while Julian just kind of aimed for a section and went big, Gabriel, on the other hand, uh, outsurfed everybody at what they were trying to do. Like, he actually was able to blow the tail out. And what's crazy about his surfing, and I was talking to Matt from Album downstairs, and Matt attributes it to the boards. I mean, obviously Gabe's talent, but the boards as well, where... He has a lot more time on the wave for recovery. Like Mm. he's so fast that while everybody else is chasing sections and then if they poke nose even a tiny bit, they can't recover. Gabe can actually blow the fins out, go into a like fakie, sit in the fakie for a minute, then spin out of it, put the foot on the gas and pop right into the barrel, you know, from behind the section or something. So like his either speed or the projection that he's getting out of the boards allows him a lot more time to recover and just to make decisions where everybody else it seems like they're just kind of responding in the moment i don't i don't know much about physiology physi yeah is that it, right physiology perfect uh but talking to a professional surfer a competitor of medina's um out in lamore he said gabe's paddling is insane like the way he said what a, he kicked out a wave or something, and he thought I got Gabe by a mile. He said he looked, uh, I think he was duck diving, and he looked underwater. Uh, Gabe was coming basically underwater for him, like swing duck diving too, but swinging his board around underwater and getting crazy speed. And then he said, next thing he knew, Gabe was literally paddling over his back and out. Like so, with Gabe must have weird like fast twitch muscles or something where he can just yeah. he can move like other people can't, or like, like Alex Honnold having extra precisely, whatever, precisely. Know? Gabe is like built for surfing or built for modern surfing yeah. in a way that gives him an advantage uh that you know maybe we haven't seen since kelly i mean i wonder if gabe can go on a go on a kelly-esque you know peel off five or six it's too much competition at this point i don't know i don't see anybody to be, to be honest john john get sure john john but with john john out this year yeah. and coming to this back half of the tour i just don't see anybody stopping the the gabe train yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, the reality is from Chopu to the wave pool, like he's got all of the bases covered. Completely. And then over to France. He's a I cyborg. Mean, over to France, over to Portugal. Yeah. Like it's just boom, boom, boom. Line him up, shoot him down. As always happens, he will derail himself. You think so? Well, dude, I mean, um, 
every uh, as always happens in other sports basically mm-hmm. you know john jones in the ufc oh, totally or whatever. yes like, yes i mean he's his only he's his only competition when really. you're at yeah i think when you're at that level and and i mean gabe's already kind of indicated it a little bit because in the off season he's partying with all these famous models and soccer sure. players and it's stuff. like the i mean nigel houston ran won everything in skate for a while and then you just saw, saw him partying and now he's he just gets beat every contest by a little japanese kid right so that's the thing. You can do it for a few years, but once you're getting paid those millions of dollars and women are throwing themselves and you're just living that lifestyle. Yeah, if you're on a party train, yeah, it's going to end. I think um, it's easy to fall. I mean, if you live that way for like, even just a small amount of time over the course of your lifetime, let's say five years, for some reason, you think that's permanent. Yeah, You think it's always going to be that way. The, and there's so many hungry young guys coming up underneath that you're, your guard is down. It's the. I mean, it's the... Tom Brady's and the Kelly Slater's and these kinds of guys who somehow don't ever do that or like because Kelly never had a party run right? right I mean he would date models supermodels and actresses and that but Kelly wasn't like you never saw pictures of Kelly out at the club you never saw pictures of Kelly partying right because he just didn't right I mean they tra- they eat they train and that's how you that's how you have that longevity so I guess it's a you know if maybe Gabe doesn't want longevity maybe he wants a hot five years I don't think he knows I don't think he knows that he could be in peril yeah. Although he's a man of God. Is he? Yeah, he talks about it all the time. And he and you see his, him and his family praying and oh, stuff. Okay. So maybe that could keep him on the straight and narrow. I mean, the reality is we see photos of him partying. If you're partying like, with, if you're hanging out with Neymar Jr., yeah. uh, I don't think you're on the straight and narrow, right. to be honest. Right, nor do I. That's <laughs> yeah. why I'm gaining a little bit of my data points. Yeah. But who knows what's going on behind the scenes. But, uh,. What else about Lamar? I, I mean, want a there... good. I want a good derailing, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he probably if he if he is if he's partying, he there's no way to keep that up. There's no you, exactly. You, you can do it for two years or three years, but that's exactly. It. But what I love about like John Jones, for example, is he gets arrested. The UFC finds him or whatever, and he goes away for a little bit of time. But when he comes back, he just smashes fools. Yeah, like he's just. There's some people that are so unbelievably naturally talented that they just it's almost unstoppable yeah you know uh but at some point limitations of your physicality kick in you know don't want to say it but i guess alcohol really breaks down your muscles <laughs> don't want to don't want to think that's true man, <laughs> just You're kidding it doesn't man. keep drinking everybody keep um, drinking kids so did you see jeremy's call out uh yes Flores? and okay so I, I mean i didn't see it i was sent it though multiple times i didn't see it live i should say I saw it live and I was trying to get to my phone to like record it off the screen because I know they're not WSL is not going to include that. He, in he was not invited back for a second interview either, was he? Right. No, yeah. of course not. He just and it was what he said that this this whole place is a joke. So his exact quote was, I have a really hard time taking this place seriously. And he kind of giggles and he's like, it's to be honest, it's a bit of a circus. And he laughs some more and he's like, I just I mean, I can't take it seriously. So <laughs> what, what was great about it was. The previous wave, the wave that he got right before that interview was a left. And on the end section, he's tucking into the barrel. This barrel was not even as tall as this coffee table. Like it was less than waist high. And he's like squeezing as hard as he can to get into it because that is a high scoring section on this wave. So if this was a beach break, like let's say this was a wave that he got in France. He would only pull into that section as a novelty. Like it's 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 a head dip. Sure. It's a rinse. 
But he was doing it with complete earnestness because he had surfed the rest of the wave and now he's at the critical section. That's what you're supposed to do. This is a high scoring part of this wave that we're surfing now. It was laughable to see him get that small and in it. And they're showing the replay while he's in the booth and you're looking at him contort into this little ball to get barreled. And Rosie's asking him real questions. And Jeremy summed up exactly what we're all feeling, which is, this is a joke, right? Yeah. Like this can't be real. This can't be what you spent time away from your newborn and your wife from to come to the desert in the middle of California to only surf four waves, but to be here for a week and put all of your life on hold to compete on that. It is absolutely being there again. It was perfect. I mean, being there is absolutely amazing. Though that's the way oh, I can't say all the surfers feel, but uh, reading between lines of who I talk to, uh, there is so much like bafflement yeah. and so much. I mean, because I wrote about. It. I don't know. I'm sure this was this was a uh, published or public information, but I didn't know that they got two waves a day. They got two training waves a day. Did you know that? You said that on our last show, and I got feedback saying that's not true. It's true. I was there in Lemoore. They get two a day. Uh, before the comp starts. Before the comp starts. Okay. That's what they got for their training is one right and one left. And that is your entire day. So okay. you get the practice schedule coming in, right? You wake okay. up. The practice schedule, I think, would shift. So you didn't have the same slot every day. So say, you know, your two waves is at 1230. Uh, so you wake up, you do what you do. You go to the pool. You surf your two waves. That is literally it. That's okay. all you get. And the rest of your 24 hours until the next 23 hours and... 55 minutes okay. is, is uh, and you're in Lemoore, which I talked to um, Ryan Callanan, who Ryan Callanan is my new favorite surfer. You know that? Really? Derek always falls in love with surfers, and I'm always like kind of giggling. Like yeah. Derek, Derek went from Dane to Felipe, and now Derek's just head over heels in love with Idolo, right? Like that's Derek's, that's Derek's. I can get behind surfer. that. Oh, yeah, great. I mean, and everybody Derek gets behind is like, it makes sense, but I've just never fallen in love with the surfer. I think I'm in love with Ryan Callanan. Why? Arkel. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know how epic he was. I didn't know that he's epic now. He's Convince epic. me why he's epic. Well, uh, his surfing's epic. His personality's epic. All what? of it. It's really? easy. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to spend time like working all this out to okay. bring Ryan Callanan the the attention he deserves. But mostly. The thing that made me fall in love with him is I asked him, because, you know, he's doing good this year, right? I mean, he's the he's Australia's, I think he's tied with Julian at 11 on the on the tour. He's not even on tour, dude. He is. He's is he? 11th. All right, I'm going to look him up. He might have got wild cards into events. No, he's no. He's ranked 11th he, based he, on that. He came back. He uh, okay. fell off tour, um, had multiple tragedy. I mean, the right. tra- tragedies happened. Both his, both his folks passed away. Uh, and the, so he dropped off tour. Dropped off. Both his mother and father passed away, and then he requalified the next year. Okay. Um, so I was asking him, uh, you know, okay, now you're on tour again for the second time, like, you and you're he's doing well. He is 11th. I mean, yeah, he's, I'm looking at it now. You're right. As of as of now, he'll be the one of the two or three Australian surfers going to the Olympics too. So gotcha. You know, good run. Uh, and I said, you know, did did you kind of figure it out or how to surf on the CT or what happened? And he was just. He was disappointed and he said, you know, yes. And basically, more or less, paraphrasing, I don't like the way I surf now. Like, I still, I just want to go, I'm always fighting it. I just want to go big all the time and having to surf to this 
formula, like which I really love. There's like pain in his eyes about his own surfing of missing the way he used to surf, missing you know which that kind of surfing blows you off tour in five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. When you when you're going huge and all that, your your uh, you know land rate or whatever goes obviously down. So yeah. he's figured out how to surf within himself. You know all the things they say, surf conservatively, and doesn't like it or likes it. He says, but you know likes competing too, and so it makes it worth it because he's competitive, but also just wanting to go as big as he can still and having that that's so interesting it was interesting this is the ultimate crux that we face with competitive surfing precisely and this is actually perfectly summed up in the wave pool because this wave homogenizes everybody surfing precisely it the limitations of what you can do on that wave require everybody to kind of do the same thing and the beauty of surfing is everybody's individual expression like that's what makes it different than a lot of other sports exactly and so if you can't kind of harness that, you're missing the point completely. So the WSL needs to figure out how to harness that. But what, so more to kind of the homogenization, what it, what you find out it comes down to with Owen Wright's wave versus let's say Arcal's wave is these fractions of a second in the barrel. And they even have the timer on the screen. Which I can't, so when you're scoring it, in the end, it's like, who got the slightly longer barrel? Who got one more turn in? Who did the turn slightly more tweaked? And it, it's like judging swimming by these fractions of a second. What is more interesting is seeing John John go against Gabriel Medina, where it's goofy versus regular. They're picking different waves because their style of surfing is different, and they're approaching them entirely different. And now we have to figure out what resonates with us more. That's the beauty of it. That's the, the magic. The uh, and you know back to the scoring real quick. The scoring yeah. yesterday was absolute nonsense. It wasn't. It Dude, wasn't totally. It wasn't bad. I don't mean nonsense in a bad way. I mean it. There was no rhyme or reason to what was what. Even didn't Kelly didn't Kelly call it out too? Yes. I think Kelly mentioned how strange it was, and it was utterly bizarre. What was in seven, and what was a six, and what was a five, and what was an eight? Right. There was no rhyme or reason to any of it. Exactly. Like the barrel seemed like sometimes they scored it, and sometimes it seemed they didn't. But there was no. There honestly, it was non. It was nonsense. There was no Kelly, sense. So Kelly's first wave was a left. And I thought he shredded it to the point that I was like, God, this is unfair. unfair. It really is. And we'll get into that too. I feel strongly about it. But I just thought he clearly knows this wave so much better than everybody else. He's anticipating what it's going to do before it even does it. And But there was no explosive maneuvers. It was just a beautiful... It was actually a perfectly surfed wave. I mean, it's the, he, he surfed the wave exactly like that wave exactly. beg, begs to be surfed. Which is what you want in an ocean. Sure. And he did it perfectly. But the judging criteria says that they want to see explosive maneuvers with high risk. And so if and what it kind of implied was do two massive maneuvers instead of eight mediocre maneuvers. Well, Kelly surfed the wave beautifully and perfectly as it was supposed to be surfed and then got a six. And then he was throwing his hands up and asking Strider. He's like, wait, a six? Are you sure? Because I thought I surfed that thing as good as it could be surfed. And he did. But then how beautiful was Julian's shade he threw all over Kelly? What I didn't catch it. Oh, you didn't? No. It was one of the best moments of the day, what, I thought. What happened? There were so many subtle moments like this. It's funny. The, like Again, peak WSL, when we look back at the claps, we'll point to, to this surf ranch, this freshwater pro, as this is when it actually cratered. Uh... Like, so you could see the frustration. Everybody's half 
like, yeah, I'm glad to be here, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they said, and or just subtle digs. Uh, so, I mean, before we get to Julian's, Yago, I thought was real funny. Remember Yago, mm-hmm. the bravest boy, mm-hmm. bravest boy in surfing. Sorry, Yago Doro, I'll forever be sorry for beating you with a shame stick. You didn't deserve it. Um, but he came out and was just like, basically, I have no idea what the judges want. This this is silly and makes no sense, more or less. Because before Gabriel, he blew out a couple of sick blow tail turns and, and they like gave, surfed beautifully. And, they, and I think they gave him a four or five or something. Yeah. He got basically nothing. Yeah. So Julian said, like with Julian's, Julian's got a good smirk, I think, when he's smirking, said something about how I thought we were supposed to do airs on the wave or something like that. Because, you know, he, he just loaded up for his air. It was a direct slam at Kelly's not not surfing progressives kelly surfed it well but he didn't get in the air and julian was just like honestly smirking and saying oh yeah you know i i surfed like i thought we were supposed to i thought we were supposed to get airs right that's funny but was he he got rewarded for it though didn't he He did ish but not very much i think one i think one of his waves was less than i think that wave that he was talking about smirking about was he got a lower score than kelly gotcha yeah it's a debacle dude i mean it's but it's it's a beautiful to witness like it's we're so I was feeling the exact same way you did, and I wasn't watching the live commentary on Beach Grit. And so I was wondering to myself, it's just like, God, am I so cynical now? Like, because I want to be open-minded always. I went into the event completely open-minded, like, let's see what happens. They have made a bunch of adjustments. They're trying to course correct. So I'm going to be open-minded. And then, again, that very first wave and the commentary, and then it kind of just continued throughout the day to disappoint Let's talk about cynicism real quick. Did you see uh, Chris Cote's tweet? No. Let's get into it. Let's get into it right here. Chris Cote tweeted, uh, I think it was two days ago. So Chris Cote is there at the Surf Ranch. He is the... um, Sideline commentator. Sideline commentator, yep. Uh, So we've got Chris Cote two days ago. Quote, I never thought surf media would become so negative. I'm pretty sure surfing is the most fun and joyful activity a person can do. Be cool to see more positive positivity and less clickbait from our remaining surf our, our remaining media sources. Hashtag surfing is fun. So that, since I stuttered, I'm gonna read it one more time. Okay. Just so you can soak it in, David Lee Scales. I never thought surf media would become so negative. I'm pretty sure surfing is the most fun and joyful activity a person can do. Be cool to see more positivity and less clickbait from our remaining media sources. Hashtag surfing is fun. There we go. Discuss. Um Chris is positive, like he is a positive guy, and so I applaud him for that. I don't think surf media is negative. I think surf media, like what we're doing now, or what we kind of do in general, is criticism, but I don't see it as negative at all. And I also don't view it as problematic. Like surfing is absolutely fun, and you can be critical of it. It's it's amazing. Like I love my parents, but if I get together with, I don't know, my brother or whatever, like we can criticize or make fun of or talk about it, but... It's because you love them, you know? Like, it's only fun to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to me, again, I, I hate... I feel like before I criticize somebody's sentiment, I always say, I love this person, and then I go on and criticize their sentiment, and I truly do love Chris Cote, and I yeah. think Chris Cote is a, you know, valuable asset to surfing. I think surfing is lucky to have him. He's done a lot of great stuff, blah, 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 blah. But uh, I think you can also tell, it's funny, everybody, when Germany was rolling through France, right... Everybody always thinks during World War II, everybody thinks I would have been part of the resistance, right? You could tell with the WSL who the collaborators fully would have been. Chris Cote is Vichy France. He is the guy who just rolled over for the WSL because the problem is 
the product so wait the wsl is the nazi yeah yeah in this of okay, course okay, of course gotcha. wsl will always be the nazi in any in any analogy i use the wsl will be the nazis <laughs> perfect uh the but chris cote rolled over on something that's not accurate right the it's just factually untrue that what the wsl is doing right now should be praised or and i guarantee reading chris's tweet i thought okay this is what's happening inside santa monica's glass tower is that i keep changing it It used to be the high tower i think it was the high castle now it's the glass tower what is the glass tower in reference to uh the the man in the another nazi reference uh the man in the high castle i do yeah. believe is what it's called no is i that, know that that's what i i first started okay, calling santa monica the high castle yeah because the glass tower i'm not doesn't it doesn't yeah, make yeah, any yeah, sense gotcha. my analogies just continue to become more <laughs> and more retarded but uh i guarantee so what's happening in those wsl santa monica conference rooms is they're all sitting around saying everybody's so negative all the core serve media is so negative it's so lame like people have lost their minds we're all we're doing is doing this real fun thing. We're putting on, we're putting out great content. If you don't like it, you don't have to say anything. But you know, it's it's. And so I feel they feel besieged, and their siege mentality is what's beautifully contributing to this. I think peak absurdity of what's happening is well, because it's a disconnect with reality. They have a full on siege mentality too, totally. and so any kind of criticism that's coming in, they just circle the wagons even tighter. And then yeah. Ronnie's up there feeling besieged, calling, saying how beautiful the crowd is out there when there's no crowd. Or Joe's talking about the spitting barrels when there's no spit. Like where they weave through having fun, I think. I mean, I think this has been a fun run. Broke their minds. We honestly and truly so have broken their minds. And, so, Chris, and Chris Cote's mind. Chris Cote talking about standing there in the cow dung, in honest to goodness cow dung, interviewing surfers who are very clearly nine out of ten of them oh well seven out of ten of them are very clearly not enjoying the experience and then he's like uh, we're seeing the p progression is not happening i mean long tom's piece yesterday did you see it no epic long tom's rap yesterday i think it's the some of the best surf writing or definitely surf best surf coverage i've ever seen in my life he said more or less the wave was supposed to do three things it was supposed to uh improve equipment improve performance and improve maybe competition, I think. And he said, what has ended up happening, it's done none of those things. Everyone was on a standard thruster except for Kelly. Uh, Kelly rode a 20. Everybody else just rode boring, same old equipment. Uh, The performance level has gone down so severely. Uh, And then like the consistency or whatever, the, the having a one stage where everybody can be judged equally doesn't work either because the wave changes. It's not a, I mean, you know, it's, more or less consistent-ish, but those waves are pretty different, each one from another. I mean, yeah. all you can guarantee is a bunch of foam climbs. Right. No, the I think what happens with that siege mentality is, Chris is right, surfing is super fun. So if you're just looking on the day, like today, what is happening, in this moment, what is happening? Somebody's catching a wave in the middle of the desert, which is a feat of engineering. Like these things are fun, but you need to look at it with the greater context and also a longer view sure. of what do these things mean, you know, and what does this do for surfing as a whole? What is And when you factor in all of the context, then you realize that no, if you follow this to its logical conclusion, the world ends up getting run, run by the Nazis. Exactly. I had my eyes down. I had my head down and my eyes closed More than that. because somebody was giving me a back rub at the time More and than telling that. me that, doesn't this feel good? Follow me. Chris is a full-on collaborationist, though. He is a collaborator but, with, with the regime. Because he's, he's, pushing, a posi- he's sincerely the positive sure. guy who like he does believe in the dream that they're selling and all that sort of stuff. So 
that makes perfect sense, and that's why they want to employ Chris. You know, I, because I, he does believe in the dream. I wonder if I mean, and again, this has never happened, or so rarely happens in the WSL, the WSL's reign of terror. Uh, you know, we got to go up and surf Surf Ranch, and I think we were supposed to be really, really thankful about that. And you know, I was thankful; it was great. Yeah. Uh, that was the last time, really, I've ever been reached out to from the WSL until kind of Elo hit me up, and then it was I. I thought, okay, here we have like a reset. You know, let's let's all get back together, and I'm I won't criticize you. Um, out the gate. I mean, I'll, I made a bunch of fun of him, but I wasn't going to criticize the work uh, until he actually saw the work. But now we see the work. Uh, and it's just, again, so disconnected. His Oprah style, you know, surf ranch sessions. Yeah. And uh, what's the other one? Oh my God, Transform. Dude, the Steve Aoki thing. With them, the image of them jumping in front of the pool, I was like, wow. It's This it's, is the official jumping of the shark. But that's what I'm saying. Is we've reached peak WSL like between the content that's coming out the freshwater pro everything that's happening like you just feel you feel it you feel the ground crumbling beneath them so um perfect segue with your commentary about Chris we got a comment on the website from El Flaco who said quote thought experiment what would happen if the WSL did come knocking on your door would you guys play nice Imagine the hue and cry from your comments section. For one thing, your show would be a hell of a lot less entertaining without the WSL as your whipping boy. You guys have found your fingers in surfing's original schism. That dank crack in surf culture. Soul on one side, sellouts on the other. It's it's why Dora is so important to us. That's why Chandler and Lance uh, were struggling for the soul of Rick Kane. It is such a cliche joke that we've actually forgotten that, like all cliches, it's operative truth. Devin Howard? Well, shucks. He's a real nice guy and all, but really? He's a suit now, isn't he? Or is he? Pat O'Connell? Hmm. Kelly? Mind-blowing if you answer that one. So, you guys want to play nice with Ziff? Nah, F that. Instead, keep up the great work. You'll go further. But here's, I think there's a false dichotomy here. I love that comment by the way well written and well done uh i think there's a false dichotomy from the sellout and soul side i think that uh what who is it i'm trying to find it here matt warshaw says in the um introduction to cocaine and surfing which i'm so thankful he wrote part of the book oh my goodness uh but wrote um it's not about selling out it's about selling out not on our terms right like if we're going to sell this thing make them come to us which so the, yeah, if the WSL knocked on the door here and said, "What can we do?" I say, "Let us be stinking critical. Let us call what is actually happening. Let us describe what's actually happening. Give us access to the surfers without putting them in this cage of fear that if they say anything wrong, they're going to be fined." Or yeah. like, there's very clearly bizarre fear in the surfers' eyes about stepping kind of outside the bounds. I mean, this is their. I think they feel it too. I think they feel the ground you know, giving way beneath them in the yeah. WCL. This is their livelihood, right? And so they're dude. They totally. feel scared to say anything. Every there's just there's fear and loathing for lack of in Lamore. In Lamore. So if you were Jeremy Flores, for example, and you built your career exactly like you're saying, this is what you do. You want to go get giant barrels at Pipe and Chopu, and you find yourself standing in Lamore and you're looking around going, Man, all of the decisions they're making, like we just took a break so that Steve Aoki could surf or like something that silly. Celeste and Barber. Did you see the second one? No. They have another surf ranch sessions. And Celeste Barber. I don't even know who that is. She's an Australian comic who's oh, okay. fat, a fat girl who okay. does like the Carl's Jr. commercial where she's like, 
the fat girl eating the burger. Have you oh, seen that one? No. Okay. Well, and then the raconteurs are coming tomorrow night. Oh. We have to go make special appearances there. Like Jeremy Flores is literally going, I could not be further from what surf what I even signed up for. And so at a certain point, and I think like Jeremy's I'm using him. He's not the only one feeling that way. I feel like John John would rather be sailing. You know, there's all these other people that at a certain point they're going to walk away. I mean, that or potentially could walk away. With and with Devin Howard and Pato in the room, I mean, I give the WSL huge credit for Correct. for hiring yeah uh, important people and people who could uh, make change or or create change. I mean, this whole thing could work. It doesn't have to not work. That's what I think. Again, but I don't I don't think there's a divide between core and sellout. I just think. What's happening in the WSL right now is Pat O'Connell doesn't have any power and either does Devin Howard. Like anytime I get on a phone call with Pat, there's a WSL minder on the phone also. Get that. I'm talking to another surfer. There's a minder on the phone. Like, fuck you, WSL. Uh, This is not the way surf is. Surf doesn't have minders on the phone. It's not a corporate thing, right? Where So the problem is decisions are getting made up here. So again, if the WSL came knocking and said, we realize that we need to engage the core and and truly don't know how, and we're going to be, you know, have some humility about it, have humility that we understand that there is a surf culture that exists, that has existed for a long time. Uh, I, Elo, am an adult learning supper who came from Oprah. Sophie Goldschmidt doesn't serve full stop. Like if they could recognize, if the top brass could get in a room, the pre whoever, their chief marketing officer from Nike, if they could all get in a room and say, we don't know surfing, we're, we have to really look in the mirror and we're going to empower the core. We could do all kinds of fun stuff, mm-hmm. but there were, there could be no strictures more or less on what we were allowed to do. Right. And yeah. that would be it. No, I agree completely. Um, and I think that this we're constantly assessing these things. Each decision that's made, we're constantly assessing which kind of direction is it going. And as you stated at the beginning of the show, this feels like a flashpoint. This feels like the crater. This is like, this is it. oh no, we're watching it crater and everybody who's falling into the crater is going, isn't this the best event? How, look at that wave barrel. It's look at it, the crowd grow. It's what, it is what makes it so dang compelling though. Again, I watched... Yeah. Almost, I mean, I had to go work at some points and whatnot through the day, but I watched more of yesterday's contest than I have other contests just because the spectacle watching this thing. I mean, it's, it feels like, yeah, I'm just keep throwing analogies, but like sitting, sitting and watching Rome burn and just think this is it. Like it's this thousand year old empire, not the WSL is thousand yeah. years old, but watching something crater in the moment is fascinating. But they've already, the good news is they've already pivoted based on the rumor that you broke it's like it's not on tour next year. Yeah, yeah. But, so, but but I think I think they've this, even recognized what I, we're saying. But they because they doubled down this year after last year, they just they have to say have it's the greatest to, thing ever, which is insane. To so, it so it's going to disappear off tour next year, and yet they are still saying this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. So what are they going to say next year when they took it off? Like why? I mean, they'll just say they'll make up some lie. No, they'll but, just ignore. It. But it's a. I mean, it's the wall of positive noise. It just propagates one falsehood after another. Yeah. And so then it's just this whole garden of falsehoods i mean that's all it is so again i try to go in with an open mind and then i wonder if i'm too cynical so i'm watching the event with all of this kind of um concern and just like not being entertained and also not reading beach grid's commentary so i don't know how the rest of the world is world is feeling but i was wondering does anybody enjoy it so i post an instagram poll very simply were you entertained by the freshwater pro today 82 percent no i mean yeah next question 
Should Surf Ranch be a stop on tour? 86% no. So the reality is, we don't even, I don't even need to state this and we've stated it in the past, the wave is super fun to surf. The wave pool has actual value as like a recreational thing to do. So that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is it's not an interesting venue to watch as in a surf contest and then most importantly on the world tour where the points go towards the world title. But I, I still don't think that the fix is not just for them dropping the Freshwater Pro, which they will. Like the pro, the, I think the WSL's problems are more systemic and they just all came out at the Freshwater Pro, Maybe which, so. which what happened was, I think, that the WSL has completely severed uh, any tie through this WSL process, through this, or I mean, through this Freshwater Pro, uh, completely severed the last tie. I think there was one or two strings from the WSL down to sore core surf culture. Yeah. And now those lines have been cut. And so the WSL is floating free away from its only audience, uh, trying to do Steve Aoki stuff where it's, it's a, you know, very clear what they're trying to do, right? Like Steve Aoki has whatever, 8 million followers on Instagram. So they think, I'm sure this was the thinking, invite Steve. He's an influencer. He'll push it out through his Instagram and then, you know, we'll get more, we'll, we'll start growing this new audience. Problem is Steve's Instagram surf ranch session thing. You know, he put it on his Instagram with 8 million followers. It got less views than I get at my 11,000 person Instagram account and the same amount of comments where nobody's like, so they've finally, they've cut the, cut the anchor of existing surf culture of the grumpy local and it's severed. It's over, right? There's no connection. There's no connective tissue anymore there. And so now they're free to chase this fan that when we've hammered on it forever, that fan does not exist. Right. There's no person out there. So they've cut cut off their entire fan base to go get nothing, which is why I think it feels so, so peak weirdness right now because they're, they're doing a thing of surfing. That's not for surfers, right? Not by surfers, not for surfers. And then they have collaboration as surfers. there, like Ron Blakey and Strider and, you know, Chris Cote, who have drank, they have the Vichy France full on flippers, the guy who, the guys who just drank the Kool Aid because that's, you know, and so yeah, that's what I, you see who's gonna, who's gonna collaborate. Did uh, Jen C make it? She did. She went for the women's round table uh, and then back the same day. Um, how did that work out? Oh, so she didn't get a room. She got, uh, they, they, Provided her with something that that was not a not very acceptable. So okay. yeah, I mean they uh, I won't kick them over the kick them in the nuts for that one. They tried. I yeah. mean they tried too little, too late. Yeah, exactly. but it, then it was literally too little and too late. And what was the women's roundtable? I don't know. I think it was just uh, I saw an Instagram of it, and Jen wrote about it today. Um, oh, so okay. it's on Beach Grit. Got yeah, it. but I think it was very surreal and strange. Okay, I'll read her article. Yep. Um, Speaking of um, your World War Two analogy, yeah, about the collaborators. One of my favorite shows on uh, Netflix right now is called "I'm Sorry." Oh, have you seen this? No. Do you know who Andrea Savage is? Uh, female, the name is familiar. Female but... comedic actress. Okay, she's the creator of the show, and it's basically about um, her and her husband raising their daughter. It's a thirty-minute sitcom. But it's so funny. She's so crude and crass, and she's kind of hot, like a milfy type hot. But you know, talks about 
you know, uh, like they find out that another mom in the school like used to be a porn star and her specialty was anal. So then like all the dads are like checking out her butt at the PTA meetings and all this <laughs> stuff and like comedy ensues. So that's the kind of humor that it is. But anyways, um, they're, she thinks that they're Greek. Their family lineage is Greek. And the kid, their daughter has to do a school presentation on the family history. So they like get a toga for her and Andrea's gonna make baklava for her to come and they give her like poetry to recite or whatever. And they do the 23andMe thing and dig into the family history and find out that they're actually not Greek, but they're German. So they bring the mom in and the mom's showing photos from her German ancestors and stuff. And she's like, yeah, you know, after the war, um, my parents went down to Argentina for a little bit. Oh, yeah. And Andrea's like, what were they doing in Argentina? And she's like, oh, I think they had a business opportunity down there. And and then they came to California. Yeah. And then, so it turns out their parents Nazis. were Nazis, yeah. you know? And so, and the teacher, the school teacher is Jewish. So then Andrea is just like, oh my God. And so we're going to lie. Let's, let's focus on when your parents landed in America and we're going to lie and stick with the Greek lie. Like from this point, we're just Greek moving forward. We're Greek. That is totally epic. It's so good. Yeah. But, but I'm sorry, but on Netflix apt now, I mean, apt, apt analogy again, though. To what's happening? I mean, that's what's happening, yeah. right? That yeah, yeah. with all those poor guys, poor um, guys. Does Kelly competing in the wave pool create a conflict of interest? Absolutely, absolutely. How is it, it even up for discussion? It is the least fair thing ever, and I love that he keeps trying. Every time I've heard him interviewed, he'll say somebody surfed there more than him. Like, yes. oh yeah, Gabe's had more ways than me here, or whatever. It's all flat out lies, flat out bald face lies. The dude, like, not only was instrumental in creating the thing has surfed it by a measure of a million more than anybody else and the fact that everybody else gets just two waves a day and that kelly's had eighteen thousand this year so even that detail i feel is obfuscation yeah i've been practicing since nice. Russia. Uh, i haven't actually but even that detail is obfuscation because kelly that's not the point who catches the most waves at a given spot is not what we're talking about what we're talking about is something it's orders of magnitude beyond anything that we could even imagine like yes somebody who lives at pipeline has home court advantage but they don't own the keys to pipeline. They did not invent pipeline. What's happening here has never happened in the history of surfing or probably any other sport. I'd have to look into it. But it's like you built the park, designed the wave, surfed the wave for yourself forever and own the keys to the kingdom and now are inviting all of these other people, foreigners, onto your home court to compete on your home court. Four world title points for real dollars, for all of these things. So I'm thrilled that you invented it. Let's not confuse the things. This is a huge benefit for everybody to come and surf and for us to have for posterity and all that sort of thing. Great, now recuse yourself from the world tour event that's taking there. If we decide we're gonna do a world tour event and that's gonna accumulate points for a world title, recuse yourself because you invented it. It's it's, it's honest, insane. It's honestly crazy to even have the it, discussion. It undermines the entire sport as a whole. This is where the NFL and the NBA and everybody else would look at us and go, no, what? we wouldn't let LeBron create a brand new system of playing, which by the way, that's what I'm saying. It's not just a new court. No. It's that you come in and we change the entire format of everything. Well, I mean, it'd be like if LeBron invented some new game that he was allowed to play for like 
20,000 hours exactly. and then invited people to come play it with him. They got two minutes warm up and then you're going to play this game with LeBron. The size of the ball is different. Yeah. The hoops, different. everything's different. Everything's different. And then instead of scoring the way that we've scored forever and structuring it into four quarters that then so there is a winner in the end. Now a three pointer is worth two points. And then from the inside, that's going to be worth five points. And you and I, who are super into surfing, are still struggling to understand this format. Well, and, and not only that, the game, I mean, in the theoretical LeBron game, it would be, the game would be custom tailored to the way LeBron plays, right? So it'd be LeBron's best skills. That's what's, that's what the game focuses yeah. on. Kelly built that way for himself. There's yeah. no other doubt about it. Like, uh, I think Derek mentioned it when the wave, you know, and of course they've toyed with it, but it never looks substantially different. I mean, the no. it changes from it's, wave to wave, I'll say, in terms of if the wind's on it or whatever, a little bit, but it's still the same wave, more or less, minus a couple seconds on the barrel that right. Kelly unveiled whenever, three years ago, or whenever it was. But uh, as Derek said, um, before when it first came out, or I think after we surfed it, uh, that Kelly had gone on record at some point saying that Kira was one of his favorite waves ever. Right. Uh, and that's more or less what he made, yeah, right? Totally. He, he made super... So Kelly made his favorite wave uh, that he got to play on forever. And now... It, Which I, is, I, by the way, great. And sure. he should have done it. And that's amazing. Completely. And if I was in his position, I would do it too. I just... I but just, you cannot then compete. There's too many business interests at stake. Like this would never fly. If this was any other business, sports aside, you could not co-mingle these things. There'd be a board of directors... That immediately shuts it down. You can't do it. I, I mean, the thing with it is, but like, even the board if, of directors, everybody loves Kelly and lauds Kelly and venerates Kelly, and so it's kind of like nobody wants to say no or throw. Even if this was, if they had Freshwater Pro as a kind of mid-year break uh, in the novelty tour, event. novelty thing where it was worth the the prize was a million bucks if yeah, you win it, right, or right. something like. That. But to me, the the annoying part, if I was a competitor, is that it actually counts for Correct. world tour points. That's where I. With the analogy earlier of Jeremy Flores standing in the middle of the desert looking around going, oh my gosh, not only is this where we are, but is this also the direction we're going moving forward? Yeah. Then you got to develop an exit strategy. Yep. And, and I think enough people could do it. Well, even worse, I mean, Jeremy's at least had a career. Yeah. Like he's done. Imagine you're... Arcal. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, even Arcal's like 26, right? Like I don't know how much longer a run that he'll have, but a kid that's coming up, a kid that's saying, oh no. We, you know, I mean, I would be thinking if I was an 18 year old and had a thought in my head, I would be, you know, if I was up on the QS, I'd think this is not going to last. I mean, not that professional surfing is not going to last, but it's going to be radically different in my lifetime. So the reality is I've thought like my prediction is don't you worry. This is a bubble and the bubble we saw it burst yesterday. Yeah, We saw it get pricked with the pin yesterday. It hasn't quite burst yet, but... I do not see it actually going this way successfully. Well, the, and especially, I mean, not only that, the, the fact that they're, you know, the tour, I think, will limp along for a bit. But their content is, as so far, again, I, I gave Elo a long time before I started bashing on it. I waited till he made what he wanted to make. What he wants to make is awful. Like, what they're putting out, the surf sessions, the transformed, maybe another show will come on that I'll say, okay, wait, they found their... You know, they found their footing and I will be the first one to say, great job. So far, what they're doing is awful, like yeah. content wise. Yeah. And and I feel just the tour is just going to be, be a drag. But, oh, I have a big old theory about the tour. Uh, Break it. Did I? I think I might have said it before here. Did we already flesh it out that the 
Kiwa, I mean, it's all a pyramid scheme, obviously. The reason that there's 32 surfers and why they cannot cut it down is because you have to give kids on the QS a dream that they can actually get on the CT. So it's the QSs that are making money, right? I heard that uh, for every QS event, I think there's roughly $200,000 worth of entrance fees coming in. So the ones that look good, you know, that's, you know, doesn't seem like a lot of money. Imagine the like two stars or whatever uh, that all the WSL is paying for is a tent on the beach and three judges and then so and the permit all these things are making money the qs makes money that's the machine that makes money i feel on the tour end of the wsl you have to give them a shot to get up or a dream to get up otherwise if the qs dries up people think there's only 16 tour surfers you know and i'm will never be as good as any of those but i think everybody can think oh i can be as good as thomas hurdy or i can be as good as you know these lower guys and then you can dream like oh but when and when i'm there i'll i'll you know do well but so the the whole bottom part of the tour is this like willy wonka false dream factory that is that that's what's i think the qs is where the money actually comes from who's thomas hurdy He's the guy who surfed yesterday. Is that his Ma- name? Mateus. Oh, Mateus, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Who's Hardy. Thomas Hermes. <laughs> yeah, that dude. Who Thomas Hardy right now is like ranked number 700 on the QS <laughs> listening to the podcast going, they know my name. I mean, but that's the whole point. How many, the bottom, the bottom half of the tour, everybody knows, doesn't, shouldn't be there. The entire, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. the bottom half of the, of the draw. Well, dude, just watch the event yesterday the only things worth watching were maybe julian maybe kelly and gabriel that was it to talk positively i will totally give the pool credit for this which is something the wsl would want wouldn't want it to give credit for in that playing field the top it, it clearly proves that there are 12 yeah. surfers worth watching and the rest are flat out not not worth watching totally Sorry, completely. WSL. That's my positive. That's my positive take. Well, when we look back, when we do a reflection, obviously this is going to be seen as like a big, big misstep for surfing as a whole, and for, certainly for the WSL. Uh, what are among the other? Th- Go ahead. I mean, I don't think so. I think this will be. I think we have a moment right now when this craters and looks back. People are going to say this is when the core just came and kicked the crap sellout yeah. thing in the balls, of course. and the core wins. I mean, of course, the core is going to win this war. The WSL got in a protracted fight with the core of surfing and they will lose every time because the one thing that they don't have they have money they have i guess intelligence they have connections the one thing they don't have is love and we're going to keep doing this no matter what forever even if we're paying to do it totally i mean i would almost pay to come podcast with somebody say hey yeah you gotta you gotta i shouldn't tell tell the uh sorry manscaped pretending <laughs> pretend you didn't hear this but I'm going to do this no matter what. Yeah. We love, this is what we do. Yeah. I mean, we surf, we talk about surfing, we think about surfing. Completely. Yeah. That's what the internet's so great about. Yeah. It's democratized. Sure. Criticism and everything. Yep. You know? Gorgeous. Um, by the way, you know how Kelly always subverts other people's successes? Yeah. You know, like Adriano wins a world title and then two days later he drops the video of the wave pool. We need to come up with a list of Kelly's greatest... Um, Snubs. Thunder... Thunder Steelers. Thunder, yeah. Thunder Thieves. Thunder Thunder Thefts. Thunder Thefts is really good. Thunder Thefts. Yeah. Spotlight Steals. Thunder Thefts. He dropped one yesterday that nobody even acknowledged. What was it? I got it from listener Waxy Feet on Instagram. Remember Idolo won that uh, ISA event in Jorts? in Jorts. Gene Shorts. Shows up late for the heat, wins in Gene Shorts, 
What happens this week? Kelly, Kelly drops jeans. an outer known ad getting barreled at Cloudbreak wearing full jeans. Amazing. Kelly, Thunder Theft, Spotlight Stealer. Did you? Did that, he see Idolo do that? Book a plane to Cloudbreak with tr- jeans on. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. Kelly loves loves nothing more than to grab that attention. Yeah. Did you see the comment on Beach Grit, which was one of my favorite comments ever? I think of uh, somebody said somebody should Kelly Slater, Kelly Slater, feign injury for the freshwater pro. I can't surf in it. I'm hurt. Fly to Fiji bag epic cloud break and just be blowing it up all over your own personal social of just whatever yeah kelly and kelly would have been the smokingest move ever pulled completely it would have been worth getting kicked off tour while we're bored out of our minds staring at the computer screen yesterday notification from who would it be i mean julian i would have loved somebody who's in contention for a world title jordy yep you know just like and even like, give me some video, just like him selfie videoing, like, hey guys, uh, I know I said I was injured, but look at the back, look behind me. Yeah. Perfect reeling like reef. My, my ankle's Cut feeling in. a lot better. Yeah. It was feeling a lot better, and I just saw the swell pop up. And thanks, decided thanks, to go Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for clearing the lineup for me. Oh my goodness. I mean, it would have been an epic move. I that really. Solid flex, dude. Was, and somebody should have, that's how Kelly became Kelly. And totally. so one of the younger persons on tour should have realized, oh, wait a second. Kelly didn't be Kelly by playing nice. No. Kelly was Kelly by ruthlessly undermining the system at all times. Kicking people in the shins. Everywhere. Pulling the rug out. Nonstop. Uh, have you looked into Kelly's Breitling collaboration? Funny. Uh, Super Ocean. I love watches from the day I was born. I'm a real watch guy. I mean, I don't own nice watches, but love watches. Like I would put a Band-Aid on my wrist when I was a kid and draw a watch face on it like always loved watches love 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 watches i've always loathed breitling like never owned one but like just aesthetically uh i've always thought that is a ugly watch and a watch that i would never buy you know i think i fantasize about oh you know if there's the millions and millions of dollars what watches i would get uh breitling and never would even if somebody gave me a breitling i would continue to wear my icon my temple to embarrassing action sports things my $2,500 Nixon watch I love this thing so much so is that what you're wearing yeah $2,500 Nixon watch where'd you get it Did you uh, steal it I know I was gifted it uh very kindly from, from Nixon but, oh from Nixon yeah, but imagine Nixon thinking that somebody was going to pay for a $2,500 Nixon watch so that's my monument to surf culture so, absurdity it's a great watch it's, I don't understand why it's twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean it's fu- it's funny. I think it's really well Sapphire made. Sapphire crystal. It's 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 a very well made watch. But even there's funny stuff. Oh, I won't make fun of that watch. But uh, it's a f- I, I purely wear it because it's straight up absurd. It's surf culture absurdity writ large. That watch, and yeah. I love having. I mean, yeah, surf surf culture culture absurdity on my wrist at all times. Um, anytime I look at the time. It's just absurd yeah. surf culture. Anyway, Breitling I've always thought is ugly, and so it makes perfect sense that that's the partner. The way that they're, Kelly's wearing his watch on the outside of his damn wetsuit and that yeah. damn commercial, it's all embarrassing. Because well, it's so bulky. It's like, you silly. couldn't fit it under your wetsuit. It is fully silly. Uh, do you want to know? Want to guess the price? Uh, is it is it twelve grand? Actually, no. It looks like a value compared to that. Oh, six? Seven, one. Okay. 7100 yeah. bucks. The Super Ocean. Super Ocean. Are you going to get one? <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe we can get Breitling after my rant on Breitling. Well, maybe we can get them as a sponsor for the show. Yeah. Breitling. Oh, um, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take their money. Um, I'll take the watch too. I mean, I didn't even look at the watch to yeah, be honest. I was just like, I know Breitling's a luxury brand. I'm just curious what the price would be. So I feel I they make it. ugly watches. I would love for a watch loving listener to disagree and tell me why Breitling makes a good watch. Well, all of that aside, I'm sure they'll see a return on that. Like Kelly and Kelly's kind of fans and the dudes he hangs out with will all buy oh. one and they'll they'll be fine. Speaking of the commercials real quick, I mean, we're just really beating this surf ranch dead goat to death. But uh, the I love that they couldn't get their commercials right. Like they're always cutting in and out of commercials. It's the one event. Again, we talked about this. It's the one event where they know exactly time between waves they know what time it's starting they know what time it's ending they know how much time they're going to need for the you know reset the machine or whatever they have to do for the maintenance on the machine they know every second of it and it seems so slapdash and half half done like you would cut into the middle of a commercial when it would come back and then it would hurt you know they would start showing the barefoot wine commercial and hurry up and cut out how do they not have their ad team say okay we have four minutes per wave. We're going to show four, you know, or whatever, say eight yeah. 30 second spots, or we're going to show. It's just like fully slapdash in a way that for the one event that you know, it's not right. like, oh man, there's a set coming. We got to hurry up and go back to the action. Yeah. And yeah, baffling. By the way, as somebody who cares about wine, I can't stand Barefoot. it. I can't stand it. Like, though, Coco, what's your favorite way? Uh, what's your favorite wine? And she goes, um, today white <laughs> <laughs> that's literally her answer and i'm like Ugh. what, what, what I, do they call the barefoot what do they call it? the barefoot beach club they yeah have a name so. for the or barefoot beach yeah. squad they have like a name for for it Would, and honestly like it's all good i'm a dick you know it's, it's, what it is is like i am a dick sure and i'm the one who's cynical and an elitist and all that sort of stuff so i recognize that and i also recognize like good everybody has a different entry point into whatever they're into wine and so they should just make it very simple there's a white a red and a rosé but it's so flies in the face of white yeah the the dudes like i I think those barefoot ads initially were just girls party on the beach and now they have dudes in there drinking their little box of tetra packs of wine though i mean again it's it's peak wsl we are living imagine that how lucky we are yeah. we get to live at the absolute zeitgeist yeah. of something yeah this whole thing no, it's pretty pretty amazing if when you look back, i mean we should all enjoy it i'm enjoying every minute of it because yeah. we're going to look back and think oh i wish i knew that was peak wsl when it oh, peak pro surfing yeah yeah we're we're in the middle of it um should we close out with barrel or not sure sure all right barrel or not wearing a hat in the water uh, I'm going to go split on this one. I'm going to say girl, yes. Longboarder, yes. Regular, normal, male, uh, shortboarder, no. Okay. That's my answer. Okay. Uh, and only baseball hat. No floppy hat. No safari hat. No safari hat. Any other hat than a baseball hat is a full no barrel. But the baseball hat and a girl, baseball hat and a longboarder, I'm going to give Okay. This is so reflective of the fact that you live in San Diego. Totally. Completely. <laughs> because I'm out there. I could see that in San Diego all the time. Sure. Because but I'm, like, I wouldn't see it at, I don't know. Well, certainly not at Newport. Well, you don't uh, have to surf around as many damn longboarders as I do. That's the thing. Longboarders have crushed me lately. Devin, fucking Devin Howard. Yeah. The, I used to think. He's building the posse, dude. Fuck. I used to think that subs were all our shared enemy. 
I found my hatred for longboarders again, which I like. Like them out all hipstery, dancing on their fucking eighteen foot planks, getting in everyone's way, taking every little bump. My fault for surfing a longboard wave sometimes. Yeah. I recognize, but we should just separate the tribes. Uh, long, we should just give longboarders have Carter Freif, have you know whatever, have old mans down in Encinitas, yep. but That's do not paddle your or Carter. Sorry, Santa. Old no, old, there's also an old man's or Barney's or whatever it's oh, called. Okay, yeah, okay. whatever. Hey, yeah, have your old man's in Sano. Have Malibu for all I care. Yeah. Uh, don't leave those places. Yeah. Like I hate surfing at any. I was at. It wasn't a good day, but at a you know fun punchy beach break recently, sharing it with a longboarder who was. It was driving me absolute absolutely crazy. He didn't belong there. He was getting more or less blown up on the inside, but he was catching so many waves that. Like, what are you going to do? The other problem is um, it doesn't take as long to get good at longboarding. No. So you get like a lot of essential, just an upgrade from a Val who doesn't know like proper etiquette and like to share and all that sort of stuff. And so, and but they're only able to do it because they're on this giant plank. Awful. It's like if they're on a shortboard. Yeah, I'm mad at you again. At the back of the line. Longboarders. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So hats. But I'm letting them wear 50, hats. 50. Okay. Yeah. I'll give them their hats. All right. Barrel or not, reposting content. Oh, uh, I'm all barrel. I mean, that's re- how you run your account. Sure, sure. And it's like I just think that the curation—it's all in the curation, right? I mean, that's okay. what that's what we all are looking for. And somebody who takes something—I don't expect people to create all fresh stuff. I just want a curated view on something. And people who do that well—that's what I love, right? Okay. Is they're doing the work for me of finding funny things or things that I find amusing, both on Instagram or you know whatever beach creator websites and stuff like all this stuff is out there uh drag in stuff you know for me from the from the endless sea of content yeah so yeah i'm a yeah, sports center it's just a recapping of like here's all the things that happen it's it's who We're regurgitating it, but curating it for the top 10 or whatever it's who curates it better that's what i'm interested in <laughs> so i got a dm last night but i caught it this morning um and it's a photographer and it says, where did you get blank photo? Not from me. I had, so I posted this photo and tagged the photographer in it. Where did you get blank photo? Not from me. Don't share my stuff. Wow. Yeah. From a photographer. Yeah, from a surf photographer. Rude. So I go, I messaged him back and I showed him where I saw it posted originally. And I said, wait, wait you don't want your work to be shared? And I don't know what he'll reply back or not. Um, and I'm not like, you're he's totally entitled to run his business the way he wants to run his sure. business. I, I was just shocked. Like, number one, that's a rude message to send. But then number two, I mean, are you misunderstanding? It's a wrong-headed approach. Mm. Like, I, I think it's a wrong-headed approach to, um, you're misunderstanding the platform. Like, this platform is for you to build your profile and the more shares, the better. That's just the way this platform works. I didn't design it, but I'm acknowledging the way that it's worked. And I liked this image. And so I reshared it and I credited you. It would be one thing, I've had other people reach out and be like, hey, um, I charge for my work. And I'm like, all right, what's the rate? I'll pay you. And I pay that person, you know? And then I know kind of moving forward. Not to use it. Or, yeah, or I need to adjust my business model to accommodate for that expense because if that's the way they run their business, I need to accommodate. Like, that's fine. But it's, number one, it's a rude message. And number two, you're just under 
misunderstanding. Being, right? being, I mean, as particularly on Instagram, being proprietary about your work yeah. in a social space is asinine. Just get off entirely. Like, don't have a. The fact that he can even DM you, if you hate Instagram and all that and what it is, great. It sucks. Get off. Like, yeah, uh, that's not. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's weird. Stupid. Super it's weird. Worse than weird is dumb. Yeah, but, the, but so whoever too. that is, I guarantee will will be finished more or less in, like, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I hope not. Like, I want him to run a successful. It's like I'm not trying to undermine his business, and that's why I won't mention his name. But I was just thinking, wow, dude, that's you. Wait, you don't want your work shared? Yeah. If you're a photographer, the idea is let's get eyeballs on my photos. You don't want your work shared. Yeah. It's just weird to me. Screw him. Screw um, that guy. Totally. But by the way, side note, I'm a big fan of memes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Memes right? are funny. I, dude, I've I've had a kind of it becomes the highlight of my day almost. Like I just love them so much. What's your favorite meme account? Oh, I like Moist Buddha. Okay, Moist Buddha's funny. Moist Buddha's good. Um, cabbage Patch or what? Cow? I don't even know. Cabbage Patch memes or Cabbage Cat memes is maybe what it is. Um. The Russian one is really solid. Right, yeah. Look at this Russian. Look at this Russian. Epic. Solid. I got a. So, I've got a traditional meme one for you. It's okay. like a picture word one. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's. Do you follow insanely rejected? No. Or insane Johnny? No. Uh, so there's two of them. I think insane Johnny uh, is his main. We'll put it on the website. Okay. Um, uh, but then he has insanely rejected, which is the rejected stuff, which is like. Super bizarre, deep, 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 deep cut music references that don't make any sense to me at all, but somehow it's hilarious. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like, yeah. So here's my theory on memes that I've been formulating. Uh, I think, and this will sound like a joke. This is completely earnest. I think it's high art. I think it's the highest form of art that we have now. And I think that as archaeologists go back and look at... um, pyramids and they like they look at uh hieroglyphs on the wall they study the hieroglyphs to identify like what were people doing at this time in history right they were farming this way they were you know having sex this way or whatever memes are going to be what people come back and look for you can kind of study textbooks but there's a lot of reading and there's a lot of context to understand what's more is memes are actually genius because they distill the zeitgeist all of the context down into one image with a very concise caption. And the best memes, the ones that resonate the most and go viral, have a poetry to the caption. Because if it's too wordy, it's actually not that good. And it's not funny at all, and you scroll past. But they tap into this moment in our time. And sometimes it's just a day, based on what Trump said yesterday or the Kardashians. And it connects with everybody. And I'm talking tens of millions of people. You are aware of memeology, right? No. Oh. I mean, yeah, there's a whole book, there's a whole school of thought about this. There's some, I can't remember, we'll put the video on, I'll find it. It's epic. It's this, like, sort of meme doctor dude who... I love Meme Lord. Yeah, he's he is. He's a meme lord. Where, and it, but he talks about it, I, I can't remember his exact wording, I shouldn't wreck it, but it's like, that memes are like a, a virus, uh, where it's this thing that gets spread super weirdly. Uh, I mean, I can't even get into it, but I'll put the video, his video is absolutely amazing. But is he saying what i'm saying or is he like a virus is a bad thing no no precisely what you're saying oh that that this is like this is a new way of human thinking uh that has hasn't really been seen before where right these things can because these things become part of your life and the part of the way you experience stuff 
through memes, right? Like a, a exactly. meme that goes viral, everybody knows, like Grumpy Cat or all yeah. that stuff. But now it's so much more complex and yeah, fascinating. So then look at like the great art, like how many people have actually, well, now the Mona Lisa, now a lot of people have seen the Mona Lisa because it's on display in a highly trafficked museum. But for like how many people have seen the actual hieroglyphs? Very, very few. Other really famous works of art, very, very few. This stuff has more eyeballs viewing it than any former work of art or high art or fine art or whatever that we would have seen before. And what's more to me is that you, nor I, nor anybody within the sound of my voice can name one meme creator. Of course not. We can name the accounts that repurpose them. Fuck Jerry, the fat Jewish, all that stuff. They regurgitate this stuff. But name somebody who created Grumpy Cat or any of that No stuff. idea. No idea. These are anonymous people. And by the way, they're poets and they're artists. They're poets putting this into this concise language that really takes a lot of skill to do. Sitting in their mom's basement in anonymity with no accolade at all for the great of mankind. The uh, Also, I mean, they have to live ephemerally too because there's no way, like if some artist, say Banksy or somebody, started painting memes, right? Or yeah. it wouldn't, like they might be a little funny, but the meme isn't funny in its essence necessarily. It's funny in the way it lives in the air, like where there's something you can never lock it down. Like it's own. I mean, which as an art, it's like almost building very beautiful sandcastles that only to be washed away only to be washed away yeah because that meme is done and you don't like i think you can remember the meme a meme or two that was like you know a real banger but usually they just kind of wash over you it's this continual wash over yeah of yeah i mean it's a language it's pretty amazing memeology it's a whole field of study now wow i need to get into that i'm going to redirect my career totally memeology because I'm obviously more passionate about this than I am about surfing. <laughs> You're not nearly as negative about memes. No, it's all good to me. You could be the collaborator all. in meme land. Yeah. We just need more surf memes. It's true. Uh, that's what I could do. I, but the thing is, I'm not good at it. The best, I've actually tried to. The best surf meme ever is, uh, I still think, is... I mean, there's been a lot of good ones. Uh, Sterling Spencer's, Jeremy Flores, oh, yeah. uh, the that one. and then the. But that's not a meme. I mean, but that is, I think that's considered, that's considered a meme still. Like I think meme has gone to, from meaning pictures with text on them to any kind of video that goes viral like that. Those are called memes now. It's true. I would like to create categories of distinction Yeah. because one of my favorites or what one that I find myself laughing at a lot is just a screenshot of Twitter, you know, so it's just text on the Instagram image, but I'm laughing at them, but I can't really call that a meme. Sure. Like, a, I, I feel like the true meme is the image with a caption. Do you follow Middle Class Fancy? Yes. That's a good so one. Good. <laughs> Dude, it, they posted such a good one yesterday. Um, it's like a classic Karen. Yeah. You know, like a, like oh, a I chick, saw that. Like live, a blonde chick with live, hair. Live 33%. Yeah. So I just took a DNA test that turns out I'm... 33% live, 33% laugh, 33% love. So funny. Because Lizzo right now. So funny. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, anyways. All right. So we're going big time gnaw on, oh no, big time barrel huge on reposting. Barrel on reposting. Of course. It's the only dude. thing you can do. It's the way, it's the, the lifeblood of our modern culture. It started out with Napster. No, it didn't start there, but that was part of it where yeah. it's kind of like, we're going to share. Yep. There's a share economy. That's what we do. Yeah. All right. Big time barrel. All right. Barrel or gnaw? Front zip wetty jackets 
so nah that I can't even say nah loud enough. Howling out on one. For stupid longboarders. They so damn longboarders. A listener sent me the video the other day and was just. He didn't even say barrel and I think he was just like laughing. It's a longboarder going down the line with the front zip wetty unzipped, so it's flapping in the wind. And he's like, "This is the exact wetsuit that you want when it's, you know, not when your nipples are slightly cold, but not cold enough to cover your navel or something like that." The real problem I've I've surfed one before uh, out of necessity. It hurts your sternum so bad. Like you have to, you have to zip it down below your sternum because you, like every time that I would really dig for a wave, it would just crush my sternum, it the is zipper. Th- no functionality at all. Zero. You're laying on top of the zipper. I mean, it's a pure style thing. Yeah. Where, I mean, I guess in the absurdity of having function so far away from like the practicality of it, like where it's not functional, maybe it's kind of funny. They're not doing it for the comedy. No, They're not doing they it like they ironically. Good. Yeah, yeah. Longboarders, damn longboarders. Yeah. That, what are we more anti today? Longboard and longboard culture, or WSL surf ranch? I mean, apparently, it sounds like longboard culture because I'm, again, fascinated by looking at the cratering. And it's more. Yeah, and the other thing is the longboard culture is more permanent. I just want longboarders to just go again to be at their own thing, to do your own thing, and stop bugging me. Yeah. All right, style well, I feel the hat. same way. So much so that I need to call an end to this show. Yeah. Move on with my day. Um, so for the record, tomorrow you can find the pirate stream on beachgrid.com. It won't be going exactly. We'll have to set up in the morning. And we'll, everyone, this is all going to see how this goes. We're going to kick the tire on this. Hopefully we'll look back on that moment like, oh, this was the start of something very, very fun. But it's just the start. So it's going to be, it's going to have all kinds of kinks in it. That'll be. Are we drinking? For sure. So you're getting off the wagon or off the camel? Have to. Okay. Uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on BeachGrid.com. Yep. Tomorrow. Finals day. Come on in. Freshwater Pro. All right, chat. Oh, Manscaped.com. Big shout out, man. Thank you so much. Surfing is the promo code. 20% off and free shipping. So excited to go Manscaped. If you're not Manscaping, you're not fully enjoying your uh, below-the-belt activities. Okay. Let me just tell you that. Okay. Hygienic. Really? Yeah. Okay. Less hygienic. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the old college try. All right. I like it. All right, Chaz. Until next time. Get there.